Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good morning. Um, we can be happy, joyous, and free even in the midst of this horror called coronavirus, called COVID-19. We have the solution. It is a very easy, simple solution. If the world embraced it, we could stop all this right now. Go plant-based. All of this is happening because we, as a culture, not me, not anybody on the show today, eats animals. It's unnecessary. It's bad for our health. It's bad for the planet. It's a leading contributor to climate change. And um, it's a contributor to human world hunger because animals eat so much more than they produce as food. So, it's imperative right now that we keep vegan restaurants open. Today, we have two vegan restaurant owners, and if we include the gentleman who's joined as well, three. Um, we have Allison Kudis from Bodhi Bowl in downtown LA, and we have Naja Wright Brown of the Land of Kush in Baltimore. Hello, ladies. Hi. Okay, so uh, Naja, tell us how you've been able to navigate this crisis because I think that you might be able to have tips for many other restaurant owners, including Allison, um, that would help her, for example. And and I think it's okay to say, you know, Allison's struggling, uh, no fault of her own. She's serving vegan food, but downtown LA is a ghost town right now. How are you, how have you been able to navigate this crisis, Naja? Well, Jane, when as soon as it started, uh, what I decided to do, um, knowing that I wasn't sure where my next paycheck was going to come, I threw some money into social media marketing. So I continued to market, took pictures of the food, uh, and just campaigned on Facebook and social media, just letting people know that we were still here, we were still available for carryout and delivery and catering, and I'm continuing to do that every week. And now I have a challenge out there for our local customers, whoever posts the best picks, we will promote them and their uh, handle. So we've been getting pictures of our food, and that's been working as well. Wow, that is a brilliant idea. And I'm going to start writing all these down because uh, we've had discussions with people and coming up with great ideas, food picks, um, that then later it was like, what was that idea? What, what exactly? So I'm going to be making a list. Tell me exactly how you made that happen, Naja, because as we come up with these coping strategies that we're hoping to send out to vegan restaurants across the country, we want to be very specific about how to implement. So tell us once again. Uh, All I did was uh, took, copied some of the pictures our customers were taking of the food uh, on Instagram, reposting it using an app called Repost, and just turning that into a social media ad and 
promoting that on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm using Facebook and Instagram to promote. And we've been promoting every week since the uh, shutdown. Uh, we've also signed up with initiatives like Open for Delivery through DoorDash and Dining at a Distance through our uh, local direct marketing organization called Visit Baltimore. Uh, okay, you are a wealth of information. I'm writing down as fast as I can. And Dining at a Distance is a national initiative. So Dining at a Distance, tell me about that. Um, well, it was, it's a national initiative where they're listing restaurants uh, from each state on their website. So if you go there and sign up, uh, they will list you. You just use that hashtag dining at a distance. And what does that allow you to do? Uh, it just allows uh, local customers in your area to know that you're open and available for delivery and uh, pickup. Okay, and one of the last things I want to say before we get to Allison is that I went on both of your websites. Now, I see you, Naja, have a list of all the delivery services. I uh, noticed, I think, Postmates, uh, I think DoorDash. What's the entire list that you're able to use that you would recommend people using? I I've used Postmates to get deliveries from um, New Delhi, which is a vegan delicatessen in my neighborhood, and it's worked br brilliantly. I've, I've gotten two deliveries so far. So tell us about that, using the delivery services effectively. Yes, um, we use Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Postmates. Each of them have different promotions uh, that they make available every week. I know Grubhub has a like a supper uh, from five to nine where they do a special promotion. DoorDash will have a delivery, free delivery on Saturdays for every Saturday. So we just promote all the platforms and then we let our customers know which carrier has the best promotion, but we just tell them to check all the carriers for the best promotion. But we list yeah. them each all the time. Nadia, I want to give you the on top of it award. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Wow. Talk about not being reactive because so many vegan restaurants and vegan companies, let's face it, vegan restaurants offer the solution. If we want to prevent, prevent the next pandemic, we've got to, as a global culture, go plant-based, go vegan. Okay. And now, um, and this is finally being discussed by mainstream media. CNN did a whole story about the uh, where it started in a disgusting, vile uh, cesspool of disease called the slaughterhouse, called the live market, called the wet market. You can call it whatever you want. It's where animals are killed to be eaten. And let's not fool ourselves and think it's only wild animals because mad cow disease didn't start with a wild animal. Avian flu didn't start with a wild animal. And... Um, swine flu, which is pig virus, did not start with a wild animal. Those are domesticated animals that are currently, well, at least with avian flu and, and the pig virus, they're currently ra ravaging uh, what you'd call herds, which are really just forcibly uh, impregnated, produced uh, warehouses full of animals. Uh, factory farming and uh, the destruction of the natural world is why we are here in this crisis. Um, there's a great article by Farm Sanctuary's Gene Bauer on the Hill about this today. People are starting. The truth will come out. They can try to suppress it all they want, but the truth will come out. This is all happening because we are morally reprehensible in our treatment of animals. Allison Crudith, um, you run Bodie Bowl. Tell us, first of all, what is your reaction to what Naja has to uh, Naja's ideas? 
Well, Nasha, thank you so much. That is amazing information. I, um, I actually am on all the apps myself. Um, I prefer to use Chow Now, and Chow Now is once again a delivery and order online platform, which you can sign up for, and it's actually, you can order straight through your website, um, like for mine, Bodyball LA, and they also provide you with an app. So I have my own Bodyball app, which you can order directly from. And that, for me, is a much better choice because they do not charge you um, uh, fees. It's a, it's a flat monthly fee where Postmates, Uber, Grubhub, they charge you 30% of each delivery, which is a huge amount of money. Yes. So, and cuts into your profit, obviously, as you well know, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to promote the chow now for, for my business. Now, by the way, we got a comment here. Natasha Najjar said, ate at Bodie Bowl the other day. Parking in downtown is so easy now. So I suggest people take advantage of it. We don't oh, want thank to you. Encourage, yeah, we don't want to encourage anybody to do anything dangerous. No. This is the week that everybody's saying, of all times, stay at home. But there are delivery services. I personally, when I deliver and get anything delivered, I give the maximum tip because I think... <sighs> It better be important, like food I need to eat, and I don't want anybody risking their lives to bring me something superfluous. And so um, it took me a while to make that calculation. There's maybe one or two things arriving that if I had chance to think about it again, I wouldn't have ordered, um, you know, at the start of this where we didn't realize where it was going. This has forced me to re-examine a lot of my consumption and say, you know, what am I doing? And uh, I've kind of hit bottom on a lot of it. Uh, when when you have to take your life into your hands to open a box, it better be bleeping important. Let's put it that way. But we're talking today about what we can do. Vegan restaurants across the United States and Canada and Europe are struggling, along with all the other restaurants. But frankly, the other restaurants um, that are serving animals are part of the problem. We're going to have to keep its priority number one to keep these vegan restaurants afloat because they offer the solution. This began in a slaughterhouse in China. You could call it a wet market. You could call it a live market. It was a place where animals were being slaughtered. And I don't want to get gross, but that means urine, feces, blood, guts, eyeballs, tails, the whole nine yards. And it's not just uh, in China. There are 85 live markets in New York City alone. And now you have the UN uh, biodiversity um, experts and leaders saying we got to close live markets. But in their mind, they're thinking about Asia, but they're all over the world, including right here in Los Angeles, right here in California. And I've been to them. I've been to them. And then people say, well, it's just wild animals. No, it ain't. Okay. And these viruses are mutating. This can happen again. The solution, and I think it's starting to seep up, even though initially, Everybody was in cognitive dissonance, keeping their blinders on. No, no, no. Let's just talk about masks. Sure. I've got a mask. Okay. But walking around in the mask for the rest of our lives is not the solution. Letting people die is not the solution. The solution is to figure out why it happened and prevent it from happening again. And it happened because humans are eating animals. And, um, the way to convince people not to eat animals anymore is to make them delicious food that is not made from animals. And that's what both of these 
powerhouse women are doing along with that fabulous guy who's sitting there in the back who's a chef, uh, <laughs> Greg High. Um, so now tell me about um, what kind of response you're getting, Naja, um, in the Baltimore area with veganism. How is the coronavirus overall, this COVID-19 crisis, affected the vegan movement? In other words, it was skyrocketing. Before this happened, you had the Beyond Meat IPO. You had Impossible Foods going everywhere. Every day I would open Yahoo News and see another fast food joint was adding a vegan option. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, the list goes on and on. And now we come to a halt because of a virus that was caused by eating animals. And that's a tragic irony. But we can't be defeated. We, With creative solutions, we can keep these vegan restaurants afloat. I'm urging everyone who's watching who is plant-based or on the journey to plant-based. I mean, a lot of people have told me, even people in my neighborhood, I'm tr- I'm eating less animals. I, well, they say it's like I'm cutting down on meat is what they say. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but, but the point is that, that it's hard, you know, when you don't want to connect the dots, and I speak as a recovering alcoholic with 25 years of sobriety, when you don't want to connect the dots, there's a lot of ways not to connect those dots. But one day the dots connected and you go, oh my God, this is a problem. You know, uh, may have started with fun, then it became fun with problems, then it's just a problem. That's what our meat and dairy culture is right now. It's just a problem. So, Naja, what do you see in Baltimore with the vegan movement and how has coronavirus impacted it? Well, there's been a, a couple of restaurants, that vegan restaurants that have shuttered because of the crisis, which is unfortunate because we were just on the verge of uh, a lot of vegan restaurants uh, opening. And now because of this uh, pandemic, uh, restaurants, vegan restaurants have been forced to close. So uh, they're struggling. Um, some of the things that we've been working on here at the Land of Kush is trying to come out with new things. We have an uh, immune booster juice that uh, my husband uh, came up with this uh, concoction. You want to talk about that? That we've yeah, been just lean in. Thanks, Greg. No, I don't want to talk about it. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we did is we just, I mean, we created a juice, um, lemon, ginger, and a little bit of agave with some um, alkaline water. And we bottled that and we just started selling that because everybody right now is um, into, you know, everybody's now looking at their health. And so now they're looking to change, you know, people are starting to look, well, how can I change my diet? Because when you look at the information around this disease, it attacks the lungs and people and people with low immune systems are now looking to boost their immune systems. So how do they do that? And we provided an option for them. Not only did we provide the food, but now, okay, let's give you a little something extra that specifically targets what uh, this disease is attacking. And so, um, so that's been. I mean, I mean, we probably sold. We what, sold 150 uh, bottles in two weeks. Woo! Wow! Yeah. And how large are the bottles? They're 16 ounce bottles. There's 16 wow. ounce bottles. And so um, we've been selling those. So we just had to make some more um, this this week. I mean, this past, last week. And so we just read up on them. You know, I love this idea. Now, uh, funny enough, I've created my own coronavirus concoction <laughs> because I was reading, you know, well, obviously it does affect people with heart disease, diabetes, obesity, uh, more. And then the general population, 
Although the general population, two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese and one out of every four will die of heart disease. So it's gonna affect a lot of people fall in that category. But I immediately started thinking, oh, uh, what can I take that's in my cupboard? So I now every morning I create a coronavirus concoction, turmeric, pepper to activate the turmeric or turmeric, however you want to pronounce it. And then I put in, uh, there was another uh, person who came up with a, a, uh, I get, you know, we, we do a daily vegan cooking show and a lot of people used to come over until this happened and they would leave the samples. And there was this one great person who left the sample of uh, all sorts of antioxidant products. And I had in a little bowl. So I put that in and then I put in some flaxseed and I put in some, um, uh, raw, um, apple cider vinegar. And I just make a little bit like this, like a shot, you know, and then I have my vitamins. And of course, yes, I drink coffee. Nobody's taking that away from me. (laughs) I don't care. I've given everything else up. I've given up alcohol. I've given up smoking. I was never really a druggie at all, but I'm, you know, totally not doing any of that. And I've just, on December 28th, one day at a time, I gave up processed sugar, you know, sugar, added sugar. So nobody's taking my coffee. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I have that in the morning and it, I do feel, maybe it's psychological, but I feel like somehow protected by that or some, that doesn't, shouldn't embolden anybody to go out there and, you know, salsa dance with somebody. But um, <laughs> that I felt in bold, like a little bit protected, like, yeah, I'm taking my antioxidants. So what do you think of that idea, um, Allison, of Bodie Bowl in downtown L.A.? I think it's genius. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. When needs must, right? We come up with the answer and the solution. Um, I think it's brilliant. And, Naja, I absolutely love what you're doing. Um, what a brilliant way to promote your business. Um, something to think about for Bodie Bowl, right? Yes, yes. That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> two of my favorite people on either coast, bringing them together, and I'm making a list of the solutions. And so we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but then we're going to stay live on Facebook. And, you know, we can take your calls too, people. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel 
are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back to Voice America Radio. I always like to thank our executive producer, Tacey Trump, and the gentleman in the control room, Andrew, doing a great job here, and also that they let us have these conversations. Um, mainstream media is really not, they're starting to have to talk about where it started. They tried to avoid that for like the first two weeks. And what happened was, and I don't talk about politics, we're a nonprofit, but the truth is that a certain um, people of a certain uh, partisan slant wanted to start talking about it to point the finger away from our own uh, mismanagement of the crisis. So they were pointing the finger at where it started for that reason. What, whatever, any port in a storm, they started talking about it. And then now we're seeing other outlets sort of being forced to look at it. Uh, CNN did a great report talking about the live meat markets and showing horrific footage yesterday. And they ran it for two days in a row. So shout out to that. Uh, where's MSNBC on this talking about the uh, cause? I don't know. But I will say that all you have to do to see the reluctance is look at the TV commercials between the coverage. It's fast food and pharmaceuticals overwhelmingly with maybe uh, an insurance commercial thrown in every so often. Okay. So those are the two industries that would, would have to, would, well, pharmaceuticals would crumble. People wouldn't need their heart disease, their cholesterol lowering and their erectile dysfunction pills anymore as much. And, um, you know, 90% of it would go away. And, um, uh, as far as the fast food, either the fast food would have to change and go plant-based or it would go out of business. That's why they are so resistant to talking about this. We've got a caller, Shannon from Florida. Shannon, what is your question or thought, my dear? Thank you so much for having this important conversation. Like you said, Jane, we wouldn't be in this predicament in the first place if it weren't for the unnecessary use and consumption of animals. So it's just so important that we keep these vegan restaurants and businesses alive during these tough times so that they can continue to help change the world in the future and make it a better place for everyone. And so what would you like to ask? I know you're an amazing activist with your son, Vegan Evan, in Florida. Are you seeing vegan restaurants in Florida struggling? And is there a way we can take the best ideas? And boy, Najee's got a lot of them. And, and Allison's got a lot of too. Uh, and combine them into some kind of document so that, you know, before it's too late. Shannon. All right. So she's made her point, and I really appreciate Shannon. She is a wonderful mom activist. Uh, Her son, Vegan Evan, is one of the youngest uh, activists on the planet. Incredibly articulate young man. Um, I had some ideas. Now, uh, when I threw these at a couple of people, they were like, well, but there's this problem. Well, but so I don't run a restaurant. I'll tell you right now, it's very hard for me to make uh, a bagel and coffee at the same time without having an explosion. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not the person to talk to. I'm always in awe of people who run restaurants and I don't know how they do it. I mean, I do a daily vegan cooking show where I just host it. And at the end I'm exhausted. I got to I got to clean five plates. Oh my God. How am I going to handle this? I got to take a nap. So you guys are my heroes being, being able to just feed, you know, 
I, I don't know. Honestly, to me, it's unbelievable. And restaurants are a very difficult business. We know that a lot of them do go under because you got to be. So I had some ideas. Feel free to just say, no, bad idea. Okay. I run a nonprofit, Jane Unchained News Network. We do have in-house meetings for contributors. We just had a virtual meeting the other day that had 45 contributors from around the world, including the Netherlands and Switzerland and all across the United States. Um, but sometimes we have in-house meetings to do you know, local projects here in LA. So how about if I got a gift certificate from a local food place for the catering that would happen down the road? Like, let's say I uh, got a gift certificate or ordered the catering, right? For my nonprofit business now from Bodie Bowl. And then I give you the money now so that you can get through this time. And then in, you know, December, when we have to have our Christmas party, a holiday party, um, we, in, we, we do have a holiday party every year. Then, you know, then you bring that food. What it's about brilliant, that? Jen. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> it's what? brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we do have a holiday party every every holiday. And I'm always thinking who we want to support our local uh, vegan restaurants during that time as well. And uh, so, you know, that's that's to me, I think, a great idea. And then to encourage people, you might give them uh, a little value added. Like, we'll give you an extra whatever uh Five reps, you know, something to give them that incentive. So I'm an, I, one thing I will tell you is I never do anything. Well, I try never to do anything that I don't, if I'm asking somebody to do something else, I'm not going to ask other people to do this without doing myself. And that's how I got this little baby. Hold on. Come here. Come here. Uh, This is my newest addition. This is Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer was in a shelter and the shelters here in Los Angeles are in crisis because people are going out to adopt. And then some people are um, actually dumping their dogs because uh, they are in financial crisis or whatever. There's no excuse. I don't dump my sister because I'm in financial crisis. So I'm not going to dump a dog because I'm in financial crisis or a cat. But Judgment aside, there are a lot of animals who desperately need to be adopted from animal shelters across the country. So I was doing an interview with Beagle, Beagle Freedom Project, and they had announced an initiative where they were working with Los Angeles Animal Safe to pull animals out, and they would deliver. Once you you can go on Los Angeles Animal Safe, for example, and this is true across, of of uh, shelters across the country. You can see every single dog, whatever they know about their story, their weight, etc. And you can um, make arrangements to adopt that dog. And so guess who came into my life and with my other three rescue dogs and my rescue cat. And we call her, I call her Tiny Dancer. Look at that little face. Look at that little face. Look at that little. Now Rico is a little jealous. So I'm going to have to get Rico, who I normally carry. Uh, So once you guys talk, I'll grab. By the way, everybody share this out. Uh, while uh, you share this out, Paige from California is on hold. What is your question or thought, Paige? Hi, hi, everybody. I just want to say thanks for being on the show. And, you know, um, how do you suggest these smaller businesses um, stay afloat? In other words, I know there's a lot of pivoting and shifting. And, I mean, is it 
you know, maybe it's taking out a loan, or I know you've been talking about a few things, catering it for the future. I'm just, I'm worried. My local restaurants here, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that same way. Um, you know, what do you suggest? Uh, yeah, I mean, can I speak to that? Yes, absolutely, Allison. Um, Jane, I think your idea of a gift certificate is absolutely fantastic. It, you know, it's instant cash. It helps people out. And it is also a great incentive. Um, so I think that is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant way of doing things. And um, I, I had a couple of customers reach out to me and they bought gift certificates. And what I'm doing in that way is they bought a $100 gift certificate. So I'm going to give them 10 bowls for $100. And usually it would be around seven bowls. So it gives them a little initiative as well. So I think that that is an excellent, excellent idea. What do you think? Well, we're a small, small business here. <laughs> so we only fit about 20-something people. So we fall into that category. And again, um, you know, those suggestions uh, that you mentioned, Allison, adding that little extra, and I think Jane mentioned it as well, uh, you know, getting people to buy e-gift certificates. We've never had e-gift certificates before until this crisis started. And um, Allison was talking about the online cater, the online ordering platforms. I know we're working with uh, Google's ordering app right now. We're waiting for that to, to um, uh, get uh, uh, launched so we can start using that and getting uh, orders through our website as well. So I think the main thing is to don't panic and to continue marketing. Even if you have $10, throw something into social media. Or if you have loyal customers, we have a rewards program here. So we have 500 active customers in that program. So we communicate with them every week just to uh, remind them if you have a birthday coming up or that we're still here, we're still open for delivery. So these customers are continuing to be active. If they have expired promotion postcards, they can still uh, redeem those. So just keeping that communication open with the community, especially your repeat customers. Yes, and I would love you all to share this out because as you share this out, you go to facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell or just put in Jane Unchained News on your Facebook and you'll see the, you, you know which page and share it out and please make sure your volume is on zero when you do that because then it reminds people in your every, every phone is a network. It's a production company with a distribution channel to an audience, your audience will see this. You may get five orders from it. Well, great. And hundreds of people, maybe other restaurant owners will see this. So I think it's really, really important uh, to share out. That's why when you see me looking down, I'm not just you know twiddling my thumbs or studying my navel. I'm actually just immediately sharing this out to as many uh, platforms and people as I can. Now, um, what I was saying when I was talking about the dogs was that I don't do anything. I don't ask people to do things that I'm not willing to do myself. That's how I got a rescue dog. And I'm, she's, she's a blessing. She's turned this whole nightmare into something that is at least when I look at her fun, because I can't help but smile when I look at her and she's just having the time of her life. She's on vacation an endless vacation at a spa called my apartment. <laughs> but um, what I was going to say was Jane Unchained will definitely, and I would do this, Naja, if, you, if I was in Baltimore, but I'm in LA. So Jane Unchained is going to order some catering from a Bodie Bowl for our holiday party, but we're going to do it now. Okay. And thank so, you so um, much. Yeah. So we're usually like three, uh, 30 people at least. So I'll order 
$300 worth of it. And that way, first of all, I've taken care of business for holidays now. I don't have to be sitting around scratching my head. What am I going to do? So that helps me. But how do I do that? How do we set up a system uh, on your website or whatever where we we lay this out? Hey, companies, well, you're going to eventually have be back in business, hopefully. You're going to need this, blah, blah, blah. Where do I order that? Mm. And, and that specific thing, because I think that people need categories to order from. Right. Right, right, right. I get you. Right, right. So on Chow Now, on my on my website through Chow Now, you can order catering directly from that. Um, what I will do, Jane, as you give me the idea, is that I will contact Chow Now and get um, um, something set up where there is a there is a order button where you can be like future order mm-hmm. holiday party. Here's the amount that I need, and it takes it. No problem at all. Um, That's great. There is a future order button on it. I just don't know how long it goes out, if it's like a three-month thing or a six-month thing. But I will speak to them and get that set up. Um, yeah. The other thing you can always do is you can always, for any of these small restaurants, you can call in and say, hey, guys, I'd love a $100 gift certificate. What can we do? Most restaurants will be able to take a credit card over the phone and organize, send you a gift certificate via mail. No problem. Well, and I want to say the other thing because I've really wanted to order, um, but I'm uh, basically ordering for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately think, well, I can't, you know, one thing I don't want to do is put on 20 pounds when I'm here. So (laughs) (laughs) although, (laughs) although, um, but, um, uh, you know, I was concerned about ordering a bunch of perishable food that I couldn't eat. So uh, what you're saying uh, is that you're, you're, you can deliver food that lasts for a week. Like a weekly order would be the perfect amount of time because it's not going to go bad in a week. And that's what I'm looking for. I think a lot of people are looking for that. They're tired of eating whatever's left in their cupboard and they would like some of their favorite foods. But they also, like, if I ordered a giant vegan pizza right now, yeah, that's the 20 pounds right there. And, you know, once I get it in-house, how am I going to, oh, it's my obligation to eat more of this for the movement, right? You know, that's how my sick mind works. So I guess what I'm saying is, are these, you were talking about it, you had some phrase, uh, what is that phrase and how can you package that and market it so that people understand that uh, this is something that can last a week? Uh, give us an example of that, if you would, uh, Naja. Well, I mean, we've that's one thing we've been struggling with. <laughs> so I was looking for advice because that was one of the packages we offered for families. We had an $85 family meal that would feed up to 10 or up to five and you can have leftovers, but we might have to scale it back because I think the price point might've been too high. It was an $85 ticket on it. So I'm trying to figure out what would be a good package to offer families. Well, also there's people that are just, I'm an, you know, single person here and let's not forget those people too, because single people uh, are used to uh, sometimes ordering in their order inners because they're not making food for a lot of people. So, um, you know, uh, I, I, you're just off the top of my head. I'm thinking of a place I always stop at uh, normally before this happened would be Thai vegan on main street in Santa Monica 
And that's a place where you can go in and get some spring rolls really fast. And I've always stopped in there. I never, I haven't even thought of Thai vegan since this thing happened. Um, and I'm wondering, wow, Thai vegan, you know, wow, maybe I could order from them. Because see, here's the other thing I want to try to clarify. If you, if I was in downtown LA, I'd be ordering from you every day, uh, mm. Allie, but I'm not, I'm in, I'm across town. Yes. So how do we deal? What's the cutoff? How do you deal with that? If you're doing a week supply, is that is there a larger geographic area that you deliver to because it makes more sense? How does that work? Absolutely. I mean, I would honestly, I would pretty much deliver anywhere. If you wanted it, I would deliver it. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not talking about me. Okay. I'm desperate let, me just, let me just <laughs> clarify. I'm not talking about, I didn't do all this and set it up so I could get some free deal and have food delivered. No, no, no. And people have accused me of that. They said, you know, your lunch break live cooking segment, you get the best chefs in the world to come over to your house and make you lunch. Wow. You know, what a racket. I say, <laughs> it is a bit of a racket in the sense that it's great, but it's all done to, to show people how great vegan food is. So, no, I'm not talking about getting deliveries for myself. I'm saying that no, but the delivery conundrum is yeah. that you look at a restaurant, and you go, oh, that looks great. And then you go, oh, it would take them, you know, it's 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 15 miles away, right. which in L.A. is a long distance. So uh, can you address that, Allie? You know, honestly, um, because there is absolutely no traffic in LA at the moment, which is glorious, I would deliver probably within a 10-mile radius. You would pick me up or you could order online or whatever it is and um, for for that meal prep package. And I'm not going to go and deliver one yeah, bottle. Right. For the meal prep, I would deliver. Absolutely no problem. You just so now, a day a week, I would go out and do all the deliveries. So now I am seeing, uh, oh, go ahead, Nadia. But wait, let me just say this before I lose my train of thought, because sometimes I think of things and then I forget them. Okay, what I'm seeing here, and by the way, we're going to be unveiling a new um, a new initiative that's going to, I think, blow everybody's mind that is related to this uh, within about a week and a half. We're working around the clock to get it ready. So just know that there's going to be a surprise but if you could get a group of people in a particular vicinity to order the meal preps, then you could uh, be more efficient. You're not driving all the way across town to deliver to one person. Absolutely. You are driving and then delivering within that community meal preps. This is where I'm seeing it going is cluster delivery, cluster delivery service. and. Um, that if you get people in your neighborhood, which you can do by phone, I, I have a lot of phone numbers of my neighbors, um, usually to call them to tell them to stop karaokeing, but that's be that as it may, um, uh, I could call them and say, hey, you know, uh, you're stuck at home eating the same thing, you know, uh, why don't you order, then I'll order. If I get 10 people to order in my neighborhood within my zip code or however you want to define it, then we can get a little bit of a discount and we can all get that food delivered. See, I oh, yeah. think there's a way to, to turn a, a negative into a positive and then you would have that system set up for when this crisis is over because I think that this is a... Uh, 
history defining moment. And I think that when we come out of this, things are going to be very different. I, I take piano lessons now. Um, and my piano teacher, who's a vegan, I do the veganomy, great guy. He sends me a Zoom link. Now, why is he driving all across town for an hour and a half to get here to teach me piano when I think I think so much is going to go online after this? I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, you know, I really like that, uh, whatever you call it, that uh, week pack delivery. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to yeah. keep going. So instead of being in crisis mode and being reactive, we could actually use this opportunity to develop new ways of selling our products that um, will last beyond this crisis and, yeah. and be a boon once this crisis has abated. And also it's going to be needed more than ever because everybody needs to go plant-based. Yeah. Mother Nature is sending us a – Mother Nature has basically said, you've been terrible, <laughs> go to your room. That's really what's happening. If you want to <laughs> boil it down – you're, you're a bit of terrible species. You're destroying, you're torturing animals. You're destroying the environment. Go to your room. Already, even in my neighborhood, I see that the, the animals are out and about. We have egrets flying, heron, all sorts of animals that I hadn't seen. They're, Mother Nature's taking the power back. And so the solution is for the culture to go plant-based. It's so obvious to us who are already awoken or whatever you want to call it, who are plant-based, but people are going to get it. If not at this virus, the next virus, because there will be another pandemic. The experts are saying it. That's why the whole uh, international community is calling for the closure of wet markets. But what they have failed to take into account is that it's factory farming and industrialized agriculture that has destroyed um, so much of the natural world um, that uh, we are, we, people are, people are, it's, it's complex, but A, subsistence farmers can no longer just plot, live on their plots and survive. So they're going into the jungle to get these wild animals to create an industry that they can thrive on because they're, they're small rural agricultural plots around the world from, from uh, Africa to Latin America to India are being destroyed and taken over by factory farming. So they're, they're going into this wildlife trade. I read a whole article about it. So that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is that, you know, we're destroying habitats and an, wild animals are under stress. And so we take these animals and stick them in little cages. They're completely under stress, prone to, to disease. And then non-wild animals, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, and goats, the vast majority of antibiotics are fed to them because they are under stress because they're being tortured. And so they're capable of carrying disease as well to it, mad cow, swine flu, avian flu. So the answer is to go vegan. And for that, we need vegan restaurants. So, you know, what you're doing is not just a business. It is truly the solution to all the world's problems. Perhaps you can address that, Naja. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And uh, that's why uh, Landon Kush has done a lot more than just be a restaurant. We're a social enterprise. We co-founded the annual Vegan Soul Fest that uh, entertains and it brings out over 10,000 attendees in Baltimore, in the city of Baltimore, and also create, co-creating the Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week to get uh, restaurants, not 100% vegan, but who are open to adding more plant-based options to their menu. 
So because what you're saying is very important. We, we need to be thinking plant-based uh, for the future. Allison, now and for the future. Yes. And Allison, do you see your business as more than just a business as a vocation to spread the word? Absolutely. It's the reason I opened it. Um, <laughs> I want to, you know, if I could change people's minds, even if it's one person, I feel like my job is done. Um, you know, I try to, I don't want to, um, you know, rub people's noses in it or anything like that. But I feel like we really, we're in a dire situation. We need the change. Um, one of my bowls on the menu is called the giving bowl. And a portion of those profits go to an animal charity. And currently it's going to the downtown dog rescue, which is um, a group of people who go out into the homeless community and vaccinate pets, take care of them. And um, so I feel like that's, that's, you know, one of the small ways in which I'm doing, I'm doing things. But I would say that 80% of my customers are not vegan. Mm, yeah. Because they're <laughs> looking for the healthy and delicious option. And once they start eating that way, it completely changes people's minds. And once you can do that, more people will go plant-based because they feel better. Well, let me ask you, Naja, what percentage of your clientele is vegan or non-vegan? Can you estimate? Yeah, a lot of our Obviously, customers. not everybody goes into your restaurant wearing a hat like this. <laughs> right. Otherwise, then you know. You know right away. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, the majority of our customers are vegan. So Are um, not. Are not. Are not vegan. So they're coming in because we have a soul food cuisine and we're teaching people that you don't need the, the ham hock and all of that in your food to make it taste good. So you can have collard greens without turkey neck and all this other stuff. You can have yams without all the unnecessary sugars in it. You can have mac and cheese without dairy in it. So they're coming in because of the type of cuisine that we're offering and because it's a healthier version of it. So, um, what advice would you give? This is, I think this has been a very helpful conversation. I'm hoping that maybe we can send this out to other restaurant owners and maybe even do this again with some other restaurant owners. And as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking of all these restaurants that, you know, I love to go to that um, uh, I don't know how they're all doing. I haven't been able to to uh, take a survey, but I think that there's strengths in numbers. I think what we need, is there a vegan restaurant association? Oh, I'm going to write that down. Is there? Uh, as far as I know, not not uh, not here in L.A. Association. I mean, uh, well, uh, not an association. I mean, we've, we've created the Maryland Vegan Eats group on Facebook where we come together because of the Vegan Restaurant Week. But um, I wasn't sure if the plant based association in D.C. was supposed to be part of the restaurant association. But I've heard this inquiry before. Well, I know that the Plant Based Foods Association represents vegan food producers, and they're an incredible organization. I love them. In fact, I was looking forward to saying hi to them when I went to Expo West, which was canceled. The largest natural products expo in the world here at the Anaheim Convention Center. And we were all looking. I had my badge. I was set to go. We were all excited. And then, of course, it got postponed. Um, and uh, so we're going to have to wait till next year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll have it next year. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a giant question mark on the entire planet right now. But, um, but, but that represents a lot of vegan products. I'm talking about a plant-based restaurant association, a vegan restaurant association that we could sign up 
you know, long-term solutions. Um, a vegan restaurant association where all the tips that we're putting together could go out to all of them. And maybe it's a Facebook page. Maybe it's a, a website. Um, you know, maybe it's something that we do under Jane Unchained uh, because we interview a lot of restaurant owners. We could get that going. Um, I think that that's another good idea. There's strength mm -hmm. in numbers. In fact, you gave me the idea, Allison. We're going to take a quick break on Voice America Radio, but we'll talk about it on Facebook. You had mentioned something about that. Okay, stay right there, people. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Okay, um, Shannon, if you're listening, call back in because you sent me a text and you're saying that um, there's a way to help animal sanctuaries that are desperately in need right now. Uh, animal sanctuaries depend on donations and often those donations come from people who are visiting and seeing the animals and having that wake up moment. Oh, wow. Do I really want to torture and kill this beautiful, innocent being? So uh, Shannon, give us a call back if you've got that interesting way that also we can help Restaurant owners, make sure to claim your business at abillionveg.com. It will help promote your business and you can encourage patrons to sign up and review their meals. It will also help the sanctuaries that are in desperate need right now. For every 10 vegan dish dishes reviewed, uh, $10 gets donated to an animal sanctuary. Okay, so that's really important. Shannon, can you talk about this? You're on hold again. Sure, so abillionveg.com is an amazing organization. I'm actually going to be having because the founder on Jane Unchained pretty soon. But basically, the if the restaurants sign up and they claim their business, which they can do right at the top of the website, then it'll help to promote their business. If they then encourage their patrons to sign up and review their dishes, for every 10 dishes that a customer reviews from any restaurant that offers any vegan dishes, then for every 10, they'll have the ability to choose one of over 50 animal sanctuary partners for that $10 credit to go to. And so far, they've donated over $110,000 to the animal sanctuaries and some of the, um, and other organizations. So some of them include Woodstock Farm Sanctuary, Sea Shepherd, Full Circle Farm Sanctuary, and there's tons more. So it's, it's an awesome way to help both during these tough times. 
That's great information, Shannon. Um, I just put it on the uh, comment section here, uh, abillionveg.com. So if both of you want to go and sign up to a billion veg, you know, this is a crisis, but uh, sometimes I read books about business because I'm running a nonprofit. I was talent. I was a person on camera. I'm not, I'm not a manager. So I, I, I was reading books to see how people just do business, like what their thinking is. And, um, you know, uh, they, they come up with, um, they don't look at, the, well, one I was reading, there's no problem. It's a puzzle that needs to be solved and it's a challenge. And so it's, a, it's more, and then there's no mistakes. There's pivoting. You pivot. Not to say there's no mistakes, but their mentality is different. And that's why, for example, very successful businesses like Facebook, which we're on right now, every time I go on Facebook, it's a little different. There's some little thing. That doesn't mean they're saying, wow, we made a mistake. It means they're pivoting to something even more effective. And right. nobody starts with a perfect product, right. right, or a perfect situation. So I think those are the two things that I took away from it is constantly pivot. Instead of going, damn, why didn't I think of that last year? It's like, oh, I got it now. Let me do it now. I'm pivoting to that more effective way of doing things. And literally every day, whether it's the website, how we do Facebook, a platform that I didn't know existed, always just trying to pivot to get more information out to more people. And so uh, I think that's one thing. And the other thing I took away is that when there is a crisis or a problem, there is a way to find um, a way to turn it into an advantage, to think of it as a challenge and then play around with it and come up with something that's actually a plus, not a minus. Right. So that these, these um, I mean, the obvious example would be something that I'm just saying like, um, people who short a stock or who uh, do a long bet on a stock that's down. There's a lot of that happening right now in the, in the incredibly volatile stock market. But in a different way, we can look, vegan restaurants can look at this crisis as an opportunity to come together to develop strategies that we can use when it's over, okay? And to that, that, that we will be strengthened when it's over. And the final thing I want to say, Katrina Fox, who has written for Forbes and is a business expert, vegan business expert, says, use this time to do all the things that you said you couldn't do, like the videotape of your restaurant that, you know, shows you <laughs> concocting your fabulous things and get an editor or or just go on iMovie and edit yourself. Um the, the, the food photos that you didn't get around to doing, the uh, different um, uh, website improvements. Um, there are a lot of things that you can do right now. Use the time. And I'm not talking to you, you ladies. You're doing that, obviously. But to all, the general vegan community, use this moment to do all the upgrades that you haven't been able to do so, because you've been so busy just making food or producing what you're producing. This is the time to supersize your message. And I think these two women have, and the gentleman there as well, Greg, have are, are, are epitomized that, you know? Don't be just reactive. Think of it as a challenge and a puzzle. And on the other side, if we play our cards right and we organize right, we can have stronger businesses on the other side, okay? And take it to the next level. So uh, we're just about out of time. I want to thank 
Naja Wright Brown of the Land of Kush in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, a restaurant and also a vegan hub, vegan <laughs> hub. And I want to thank Allison Crudis of Bodie Bowl Restaurant in downtown LA. Um, uh, amazing food, uh, a great concept where you can go in and get a bowl or a wrap like in five seconds. It's um, open for business. Both of you are open for business. And um, you can get deliveries and um, you can also order catering for down the road uh, for your holiday party or a birthday or a business meeting. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Let's, let's make this planet plant-based for its own good. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Thank you, Naja. Great. Pleasure Thank to you. meet you guys. This was so fun. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.